Welcome to From the Sidelines, an unfiltered look inside the sports industry, a production of the Hart School of Hospitality, Sport, and Recreation Management at James Madison University. I'm Ashley Doyle, an alumni of the Hart School. And I'm Dr. Joshua Pate, a professor in sport and recreation management at the Hart School. This podcast is presented by the Hart School Alumni Network. The purpose of the Hart School Alumni Network is to develop lifelong heartfelt connections and professional growth opportunities between students, faculty, alumni, and their communities. To learn more about how to get involved, please visit our link in our bio. Here is this month's episode. Welcome back, people. We're here. Took a summer hiatus. A lot of life life happened with us. We have a familiar face and then a new face with us. I should say voices because you guys can't hear us. Uh, uh, you guys can't see us. Um, I hope you can hear us. So we have Dr. Pate with us who has been with us. Um, and then we have, oh, do we go? I'm just going to go Bosley. Sorry. Because I'll call you Bosley. That's fine. There you go. We have Bosley with us as well. Last name only. I think we all go by our last names because I started that with you guys in the final work trip. It's all me. It's all you. So this is going to be a little different. Um, we're going to give some life updates on ourselves. Um, and then we'll kind of, me and Dr. Pate, will bring in Bosley and she'll kind of take the reins with me afterwards and we'll kind of explain it and then we'll end. So welcome, both of you. Hey, for having me here. You went outside. You were, I'm outside right now, and you just now walked outside, Alyssa. Yeah, I'd like to say that I was uh, trying to enhance my lighting here, but <laughs> for, for a podcast, for a podcast, so it didn't matter as much, but I did it for Doyle. Great. I love it. Lighting always. Would you like to touch on your life update from the summer and where you're at and what you're doing? Yeah. So, um, I now live in Tennessee. Um, I moved, uh, my family and I moved from Harrisonburg to my hometown of Elizabethton, Tennessee. And that's just near the Tri-Cities area of East Tennessee, Kingsport, Johnson City, Bristol. Uh, Many folks in Virginia probably know the Bristol area because of the famous Bristol, Tennessee and Bristol, Virginia. Um, so I'm located in that area now because, uh, we had some, uh, family changes. I had grandparents pass away and that left my mom here in, in our hometown, uh, by herself. Uh, she's very healthy and capable of living her life and surrounded by great support system, but we just felt a really strong draw and we're feeling that way for a while to be back closer. Bittersweet, but I left the heart school, just started this fall at Lee's McRae College uh, Lee's McRae is a small private uh, institution in Banner Elk, North Carolina. It's about 45 minute drive from where I'm living at. And so um, it's close to Boone. So um, uh, many folks and listeners will probably be ident- can identify with Appalachian State University, especially now that uh, they're in the same conference as James Madison. So uh, it's just a short drive from Boone, North Carolina, too. So Lee's McRae is a small college, small program. Uh, I'm the program coordinator there for sport management. I am an associate professor there. And uh, yeah, that's what we're doing. (laughs) Um, So it was definitely bittersweet to walk away from the heart school because of all the special students and the opportunities that they have going on. 
and all the colleagues and the people that I inc miss incredibly, uh, one of which is on here and the folks that I've worked with for years, uh, like you, Doyle. So um, that was the sad part and the hardest part, but um, definitely feel like this was where we're supposed to be. So, uh, so yeah, that's, that's the summer update. Quite a bit of change during the summer. <laughs> yes. Yes, especially since the last time we uh, chatted. I think our last recording we did in February, yeah. we had J.W. Cannon on, and then we kind of ended, and all both of our lives changed a lot. It um, did, and what about yours? How did your life change, Doyle? I was at University of Maryland. Um, loved being at my alma mater, loved being back. A lot of things shifted and changed. Um, nine to five was not my forte, I think. I think doing the podcast with you and talking to people in the industry, and I think the biggest conversation and one that hit home for me was talking with Colleen Sorum, um, which I did connect with her this summer, um, and just we stay connected a little more here. Talking with her, um, I think, really hit, hit it home of I miss <laughs> – being in sports, but I knew professional sports wasn't it anymore. Uh, but college athletics was um, my dream job at JMU. It was still open. Um, so I posted about women in sports on, in February. Um, Cliff Wood texted me and was like, hey, saw your post. What you doing? Let's chat. I said, oh, I was thinking about you. Let's chat. Kind of chatted. I asked him, you know, if they were going to open the search back up again see how things go ended up applying for the job uh, which is the job that was open was director of special events and donor stewardship with JMU Duke Club and in beginning of March I got the job and uh, started in at the end of March at JMU and six weeks later I was doing a golf tournament so we have uh, shifted and I'm almost six months in uh, it'll be six months next week uh, at JMU love every minute of it um yeah <laughs> this summer was a definitely a whirlwind I think uh shifted a lot of things for both of us but you know what like I remember when we hosted Colleen who's at the University of Maryland and she spoke very candidly about women working in a male dominant industry and the challenges that come with that and how she gave just incredible advice so for our listeners if you haven't listened to that episode, you should. Um, but, and I remember after we got off the phone or the the call with her, you were like, wow. I mean, it was visible how much of an impression that she had on you at, just in that moment. So that was for me observing that. And I thought, man, this is, this was a cool impact of hosting her on the podcast. Mm hmm yeah for sure I think so too um yeah and we sit I sit in a chair now on the other side with our practicum students and GAs and they're like I don't know what I want to do da, 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 da. I just had a conversation yesterday and very blunt and honest with them of just you know you don't have to know what you want to do but yeah I am glad I'm a female in this industry still navigating that because it's a different beast and I think it's a different beast in general of just JMU now being at the level we're at and none of us really know what to expect or what we're doing. Like you mentioned going to Boone and we got a bye week and who knows what app state's going to do this weekend and where we're going to, what we're going to walk into in Boone next weekend. So it's all exciting things. 
Yeah, but you, you know what? Um, it's got to be, and for our listeners, we talk about this in class. We talked about it at JMU. I've talked about it at Lee's McRae already, that it's there's such a financial focus on uh, this level of play. It's on every level of play. But at this level now, with JMU being uh, in the Sunbelt Conference, there had to be a an uptick of fundraising. There had to be an uptick of donor contributions and attendance and all these things that the average fan doesn't necessarily have to take into account. But the people working behind the scenes absolutely have to. And what a tremendous opportunity. Uh, as we're recording this, it was the past weekend uh, where three Sunbelt schools pulled major upsets and got a massive paycheck. And if you've been in the college athletics conversation in my classes before, you know that that massive paycheck is shared among the conference. Mm -hmm. So it's huge for James Madison when Appalachian State and Georgia Southern uh, pull these major upsets. When, um, when, there's, when there's financial gains and public relations gains for conference schools, it also benefits James Madison. And so uh, I, I, I think you're in a, you came back to James Madison in a tremendous time uh, as we look back. If, what I'm trying to say is 20 years from now, we're going to look back at this period of time for James Madison and say, this might've been a pivotal moment, uh, much like when Appalachian State made a jump uh, and beat Michigan uh, and then made a jump to FBS level. Yeah, I know. I agree with you. And I think you touched on it a little bit too, is it's it's funny when the fans are like, oh, we're at this level now. And I don't think people realize um, and I'm I'm in it a little more of the conversations now. So when I'm, I'm speaking a little more broad, um, there's some things that probably shouldn't share. Um, but I'm just saying you're right, like financials and fundraising. And we're feeling it now like we hit a record year in fundraising because of the Sunbelt move. But it doesn't stop there. Like we have to the, like the money that comes in, like. Sunbelt's expensive. The like this is expensive now. This is where we're at. And everyone's like, oh, JMU's budget's bigger. Okay, yes, but like mm, the it, those bills are bigger too. So um raising the and I think everybody points to football. Right. But now volleyball has to travel farther. Mm -hmm. Now softball is gonna have to travel farther. Baseball's having to travel farther. Yeah. So it those are the sports that it directly impacts on expenses whereas the revenue isn't directly coming in through those sports compared to football and, and men's and women's basketball. Yeah, I mean, even men and women's basketball, their schedule that they have, like where they have to travel, like, you know, they can't do a bus because of how the schedule is set up. So like it's flying a little more. And sometimes we didn't, we didn't realize that until the schedule comes out and where they have to go and be. So it's just shifting that. And you don't, you, you don't, you can't really plan for those things. So it's all in a time's work, but we're here. And I mean, it's exciting. I am super excited for us. So. So, I mean, I would say even, especially for young professionals and for students who are listening in on this, uh, this is a great example of sometimes your first job is not your last job. Uh, and you're living that out right now. That's cool to see mm -hmm. from my side of things. Uh, and especially to see how what now you have that vantage point of what it's like being at JMU as a student 
leaving, going and working at a professional sport organization, going and working at another institution that was a power five institution in Maryland, even though it wasn't in athletics, you were still operating major events in that setting. And now back to James Mm -hmm. Madison at a pivotal time in its history. Uh, What a great learning opportunity. And that's where I would stress, like for students and young professionals, there's always learning taking place. (laughs) There's always things that you're going to open up and see and experience. And uh, just in these little changes, big changes uh, for your career. So man, 365 learning is always happening, right? It is always happening. Research happens too, but to touch on that too, like what you're saying is I even had that conversation yesterday with one of our practicums and she sat in my chair and she was, I was like, what do you want to do? Like, we haven't really talked about, like, she was like, sec that's where i want to end up i said that's great i said but you'll learn in this industry i said not every power five power fives are great and you should dream that big and let's get you there i said but how you get like started in that that it's not gonna like people get lucky to start in a in just sec in general like in a alabama or like clemson's not sec but i always put them in there those schools like some people just get lucky and it falls in their lap and i told her i said let's start small let's like broaden let's like look up people look up what you want to do i said you also have another year and a half i said so yes if you want to do sports marketing the nil is about to take off and you can do everything you just told me in a collective for a university i was like you're going to, I was like, when the time, by the time you're a senior sitting, hopefully still in this chair across from me, it's like, the opportunities are endless right now for you. And I said, it's great. Like you're talking about like the pivotal moments of sports in general, like this world is about to open up even more for them. And so, and I say, sure, power fives are great. JMU was a mid-major. We were amazing. I mean, like, and like my sister plays at D3 volleyball, Marymount, like that's, they're still great academically and athletically. I think the best thing about D3 is going to the games. All the student athletes are in the stands yes. being the fans and cheering them on. That's the best feeling in the world. I love that. So like, yeah. I mean, it's, we have a little bit of that at Lee's McRae. Lee's McRae's division two. Uh, we don't have football. And um, so, uh, the probably the most recognizable sport at Lee's McRae is cycling. We have a mountain biking team that's that's uh, one of the best in the world. We have uh, cycling teams where they're attracting student athletes from all across the world. Um, one of my students who's not she's uh, from outside of the United States, and she said that Lee's McRae is well known among the cycling community in her country. And so. Uh, where, who who thinks about that when they're coming through their educational process of wanting to work in sport? But I, I've told them as well. I mean, we have mostly student athletes in our sport management program at Lee's McRae, and uh, th- they see that it takes all hands on deck. We have, I think, not counting coaches, uh, three full-time athletic department employees. Mm. And so you've got – an athletic director who's running the social media uh, platforms for, for most teams or coaches who are work, running it for their specific team. You've got um, the sports information director who's also working as uh, 
the game operations mm-hmm. person. And so they have to have students working those events or the event is severely impacted. Um, so I would make an argument coming from a smaller school like that uh, with less than a thousand yeah. students. I would make the argument that you get a more well-rounded experience mm-hmm. by having to be all hands on deck. Whereas at the Georgias and Alabamas and uh, Louisiana, uh, uh, LSUs, you're one of five people on the marketing team who is just working the softball game. Uh, you're one of seven people on the facilities team that's setting up the practice field for mm-hmm. football. Uh, so there's value in that. And you get to experience something that sets a standard for everything else down the road. But man, you it you get a holistic experience at a place where your your hand is involved in every single corner of the the of the athletic department too no you're right I I agree with that that's what I kind of told her I was like once you get to that level it's like mainstream like that's your job um so it 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 can be hard it can be stressful to have like wear multiple hats but I from doing it right now too like I love it and it's great because of the skill set and you're learning every day like you said we're gonna pivot because we're gonna let Bosley join in on this conversation I want to Welcome. I want to give a little backstory on, I think the three of us, how this all, I guess, little friendship, professional relationship happened between the three of us. Um, I was a grad student um, went on the final four trip with these uh, lovely professors. And I don't know you're how pretty, we got you're pretty with cool too, each other, but we did. And now we're here. I think it's great. And I appreciate both of you on always answering my phone calls or texts about anything from personal to professional. (laughs) Well, you have to give yourself some credit there because you are very good at maintaining and, and building relationships. So you made sure that, you know, you showed the effort and like, that's it. A lot of times that's what, you know, that's how you get these things started. And, you know, I've loved staying in touch with you uh, since having you as a student just a, just a couple of years ago. And the first time, the first time I, I never had you in class. The first time we met was in our introduction meeting to get ready to go for the, to the final four in Minneapolis. And so yeah. um, it, there's just a different level of maturity and approach that you bring. I'm, I know we're just sitting here like, you know, pumping each other up, but uh <laughs> But this is something that listeners can learn from too, like differentiating yourself compared to peers, being proactive, being detailed, following up, just being professional. And so you always brought that. So I appreciate it. Anyway, carry on. (laughs) Carry on. Back to it. All right. So Professor Alyssa Bosley is joining us. Actually, it will be me and her um, recording from now on. So we'll be co-hosting together. Um, But... Mosley, do you want to give a little background about you in general and, you know, talk about yourself a little bit and pump yourself up? She loves, she loves to do that. I know. I I just love talking so much, uh, especially about myself. So um, here's the, uh, the 10 second version of it. So we're all about school. So where I went to school uh, for my bachelor's degree was the University of Connecticut, uh, which has uh, led to many fun conversations with Dr. Pate. Um, Good thing we didn't know each other when Tennessee and UConn were playing each other more regularly. 
Um, and then I went to JMU for my master's degree. And uh, last year I thought, you know, you always have to keep learning and it's just so much fun. So now I'm trying to become a scholar and I am pursuing my PhD from JMU School of Strategic Leadership Studies. So I'm a second year student in that program. I'm currently, you know, still at JMU. I've been here almost 18 years now. So uh, this area, it just grows on you. I, I love the area. I love uh, the people, more importantly. Uh, I have fantastic colleagues and uh, wonderful students. I guess the classes that I primarily teach, I'm on the the marketing side of the house uh, with some media relations, which touches in uh, very well with my background. So after graduating from the wonderful University of Connecticut, I worked in minor league baseball. So as you all were just talking about, you know, maybe working at some of these smaller schools, I was thinking like minor league baseball I would put in that same conversation because you know, your, your title says one thing and then you work in all of these departments. And I didn't realize it at the time, but how much that helped me um, later on in my career because I understood all of these other departments and I was able to apply it to uh, the next stop that I had, which was uh, coming down to JMU to work in the athletics marketing department. So I did that for a number of years before given an opportunity to be an adjunct professor in, it wasn't called the Hart School at the time, but just the sport and recreation management program. And after one day, you know, just the syllabus day of classes, I realized like, this is the best job in the world is talking about something that I love, which is, you know, the sport business industry and having the opportunity to, you know, act as a mentor and just teach the next generation of industry professionals. So thank you so much for having me. We'll see after this one, if you continue to keep me moving forward. And can, can I just ask you, Doyle, to please share how did you get Alyssa on board? What was that again? She walked into your office and asked to be a part of this, I thought. No, 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 no. no? I, oh. I, no. I texted uh, Bosley because I, again, side note on me, um, I'm in the current process of getting my certification to be a nutritional therapist as well as, you know, working in college athletics. Sure, why not? yeah keep yeah. adding to the plate of things but I missed doing the podcast um and I knew we had to get it going again and we have a beautiful list of guests still that we need to talk to so I had texted Bosley one random night because we don't ever text at normal times of the day um and I texted her and I said hey like who do you think would be great in the hard school to like take on the podcast with me she was like are is this you I didn't respond right away. I didn't respond right away. That needs to be said. She's like, are you asking me? And I said, well, yes. I said, but I know both of us have a lot on our plates, but if you want to do it, yes. She's like, I'll do it. I was like, are you sure? And she's like, yes. I was like, all right, great. Well, we'll do it. Perfect. That's the, that's the perfect ask. That's why you work in fundraising, right? <laughs> who, who, who's going who's gonna to donate to JMU Athletics? <laughs> if not you, then who? All right. <laughs> well, you know, I've kind of watched from a distance you two doing this, you know, last year and it was a, you know, neat idea. I know she's going to give it a hundred percent and it's an opportunity to work with her and, uh, you know, just talk with some great people in the industry. 
Like, I'm sign me up for that. I'm on board. Uh, you know what? I, and I, you meant you mentioned talking with great people in the industry. We've been able to connect with some really cool folks like Colleen, and uh, we had Jason Augie on, and then he came and spoke with the Heart School uh-huh. students and faculty. And uh, so, man, I think they were it was interconnected afterwards you know we were reaching out to people who had been affiliated with our program and uh man he was dynamic on the podcast too side note go listen to that if you haven't that I think that one still is like not to pick favorites but he was so busy and like we had like 30 minutes he would they were getting ready to host the southeastern conference basketball men's basketball tournament the next week yeah and so he had a phone call with us yeah and so like he was like 30 minutes that's all I got and then like we did it and we got off and I like edited it. And what I always do is I text Pate and like, this one's so good. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know Every what he one. did, but like, it was, it was great. And like the, the content we got from him. Yeah. And he came back to campus, which was great, but he got to take a tour of the Atlantic Union Bank Center um, on campus, um, the new basketball arena, which is beautiful in itself. It's also a capital project for the students that are listening. Um, Look it up if you don't know what that is. And then I heard from one of the university development officers on that side. He's actually really good friends with Jason and took him on the tour. And so last weekend he was like, how do you know Jason? I was like, what are you talking about? He was like, yeah, do you know Ashley Doyle? Like when they were doing the tour? And I was like, yeah, I was like, just because you have been ingrained in JMU for 10 plus years doesn't mean like. I have only been here like four and I was like the connections I do my research we're good I was like he's like you he was on a podcast I was like yep you should go perfect perfect example of networking coming to life right students are all the time like oh yeah I know I'm supposed to network but this that's how you do it that's how you do it you just make connections and you follow up and you stay in touch I mean Jason graduated in 2003 and to my knowledge, you know, having been in the the heart school for 15 years, like, I don't think he had, um, you know, that might've been like the first time that we re-engaged him in the program is through this podcast. So, um, you know, I think that's just fantastic. We have so many great alumni coming out of the heart school and being able to get someone like Jason back into the fold of things, um, starting out with the podcast, I think is fantastic. So you know, kudos to both of you for making that happen. Doyle made that happen. Actually, Bosley made it happen, but it's okay. <laughs> and this is why we like each other. We just, we <laughs> work very well together. Right. I'm like, what's happening? Like, I mean, this summer for sports in general was a lot like just like think realignments. I mean, NIL, you talk about I mean, we could even sit here and just talk about JMU. Like we lost some kids to the transfer portal and because we're just not we don't have what other schools are offering, which is money to pay the student athletes to go and play. Um so, and I think we've talked about it in the beginning of this podcast when we started, Pate, of like this industry we're in, it's a business. At the end of the day, it's a business. And that's where you just like some people, I think, are blind eyed to that a little more um, and don't want to think about it. Yeah. But I'm even learning it like 
now in it on a different level because um you can see those power five schools whether whatever the sport is it doesn't matter the sport there are people transferring and it's because they're not starting or they're not getting playing time or whatever the case is or maybe they got a better package at another school potentially um and so so you've got people losing student athletes and gaining student athletes that way at a jmu level you've got student athletes coming in who were at a different size of a school this is their bigger opportunity and bigger platform you've also got student athletes leaving um, and going to bigger schools to perform or different peer schools at lee's mccray we've at we've got transfer students coming in uh who, who performed at larger schools or smaller schools or community colleges and so and all that transfer aspect is it, it, it's sort of indicative of at, at least McCray, it's not necessarily NIL driven, but as much as it is at a power five school, but, um, but it is happening. And a lot of it is just jockeying for position to put, put themselves in a, in a better spot to succeed. So it, it's at all levels. I think that's where the, the average viewer might not sit there and see that or know that. I might be way off guard with this. So, you know, Ashley, you can edit this part out if necessary. Um, but are we seeing an additional uptick over the last two years because COVID's giving mm. student athletes an additional year of eligibility? And, you know, that's kind of disrupted the flow uh, for many sports as they're trying to bring in, you know, freshmen. And then you still have these upperclassmen with that extra year. Um, and then, you know, where do they all go? So I'm, I've been seeing, I think, with some of our students in the heart school that are student athletes, um, some transfers just to find a home for their last year. Yep, of eligibility. I, no, I agree with that. I think, too, with it's also there. It goes back to the money part of it. And maybe I that's where my mind goes more and more nowadays. But. It's also like, yes, they have a, another year of eligibility, but that's another scholarship that has to be covered somewhere. So like you can't give out that scholarship, like you're saying, Bosley, to a freshman that they really want or a transfer that comes in. And it's like, but like you, that student's been here for six years and they still have that seventh year they could play or whatever it is. Um, and not to put it personally, but my sister right now, like she's in her... I think fifth year, but she has another year she could play and she just recently got hurt. So she's out for four weeks and in D3 volleyball ends earlier um, than the D1 level. So she's sitting here like, well, I, I can now actually use my extra year because I still, I don't want to go out this way. And some people don't like, they don't have that opportunity. Like with the freshmen and sophomores that are coming in that didn't have that like, experience the COVID. So is I, and I love my sister and I really hope when she listens to this, I don't mean it in a bad way, but is that fair? Cause like some people have to go out that way. Like that's how they end their career. So I also, I mean, it's never really black and white. There's always that gray area, especially with this. Yeah. I don't, I'm there's, I think I heard the other day, there's some football student athlete uh, who had, is like on year seven of their eligibility because of different injury, red shirts and all that stuff. But um mm -hmm. I mean, and, and I, 
that's that's impacting at all levels again where there's just not enough scholarship dollars to cover uh that's where you get into the finances of it and schools the athletic budget has to pay the scholarship mm -hmm. back to the university and so if there's certain limited number of scholarships per sport and all that and so uh, yeah that's the business side of it and that's what this whole you know our whole podcast is focused on let's mm -hmm. look at the business side behind the curtain the the folks who are tuning in to watch college game day on saturday morning aren't thinking about the swimmer who's transferring to compete uh, or the volleyball player i got a plane flying over sorry i got cows out here i got i got bugs making noises a plane's flying over somebody's outside using a chainsaw i told you all to begin with i hope that the cow would move while i'm out here but it, it's not it's not i got the plane instead sorry I've had a bird giving me a soundtrack for this entire uh, call so far. This is so authentic, very nice. man. This is authentic. This is where we're at. This is where yeah. we're at. I'm, you know, I'm inside. <laughs> you are. You're in a very sterile environment. Yes, correct. It's whatever. It's fine. It's all good. You choose your pathway, Doyle. Choose your pathway. Right. I think one thing I do want to touch on, um, and maybe this one goes a little more to home, but especially this year um, within athletics in general is uh, – the 50th anniversary of title nine and just how pivotal that was. Um, and I think, I know a lot of people talk about it from the women's standpoint and how it did elevate us to be able to play sports and be at a competitive level. And, but it's about equality in general. And it wasn't just for sports. It was for education purposes too. And I would love to just hear your guys is like, not, I guess thoughts on title title nine and how it's affected like you both are in higher education you both are on that education side of just granted like what how do you see like it moving especially in the industry we're in and I know with a hard school even me going to speak to the class on Tuesday and looking out it's mostly still males in those classrooms um so that's like another thing of just where the chair I sit in and the chair Bosley sits in is like, I hope that, you know, there are, there are so many more females in this industry, but like, how do we keep pushing that needle forward? Especially since we do have this wonderful thing called title nine. Now um, there's still a lot more work to do. I think um, from a personal side, I don't want to get into all my things that we still have to deal with, but it's still there. You're still fighting for a lot, but the past 50 years, I think has been great for it in general well i'll just i'll take a, a quick stab at it first i mean having been a student athlete at uconn for part of my undergraduate career i was on the rowing team and rowing came about at uconn because of title nine um it certainly helps kind of offset some of the male sports with larger numbers of course um so when you have a crew team with there's a lot of uh female athletes on that team, it helps uh, create that balance. Um, but to the point that you brought from a, an educational standpoint in sport management, I think from what I've heard anyway, um, that it helps to continue to have uh, female representation from a faculty standpoint, from a guest speaker standpoint. I, I try to make sure that there is a diverse group of people coming into my classroom and you know we we hear time and again 
some of the the motivation that younger folks have is when they they see somebody that looks like them doing you know something that mm-hmm. uh you know they dream of, they've only dreamt about doing so uh I, I think that's important. And it's actually one of the things that I, I've started to narrow down my focus a little bit uh, through my PhD courses, as I do research, is focusing on the gender equity um, that's been lacking in the more on the, the sport management uh, side of the industry. So trying to come up with ways, you know, either looking at our advisory board in the Hart School and making sure that, again, we we have, um, I don't want to say equal representation, but at least enough that there's a, a critical, there's something called critical mass theory. And what that has said is that if you want to make a difference, you need to have at least a third of the population with that critical mass. So if you're looking at it from a gender standpoint, let's make sure that we have, you know, those voices around the table that are making decisions that can be impacting um, everybody. I'm I'm glad you brought up the educational piece when you were talking about that too, because um, there's Title IX was created to ensure uh, that we're not discriminating in educational settings. Um, I think in our sport management classroom, a lot of times students only hear of Title IX brought up when it's a sport matter, but it was an educational federal law. And so uh, you would have schools that were discriminatory against women and not providing them with opportunities uh, in educational settings. That may be in extracurricular clubs, or it may just be simple admittance into the school, a public school that's funded by government. And so that's that's how Title IX was started. And um and became part of our world. And it's mostly, it's most visible in, you know, we see into our sport lens, it becomes a very visible uh, application through sport. And um, so I, that's one thing that I would make sure that want to make sure that our students understand that it's, it's way beyond just sport. But when we're talking about sport, we just covered this last week in my class, uh, my sports sociology class, um, and how it has been a tremendous opportunity to spark growth for women's athletics and sport opportunities, uh, just to ensure that those opportunities were not being overlooked and that women were provided opportunities. But um, man, I've got a picture of my grandmother uh, who was in, uh, she's kneel, kneeling down in a basketball jersey, holding a basketball with trophies around her. She's got Chuck Taylors on. And she's, um, the basketball has 40 on it. And I'm like, what is 40? Is that 40 wins? Were they, but it's 1940. Like she was playing basketball in 1940 in little old, you know, country town in East Tennessee, where I'm at now. Um, And so there were little sprinkles of opportunity, but it was never really formalized and it was never really, uh, taken seriously. And even now you could argue that, I mean, who, what is, what's the viewership of the WNBA finals right now? Um, how many of our sport management students know who's in the WNBA finals? Um, do they know a player for the Las Vegas aces? Uh, so, I mean, like that's, that's where we've made massive strides for opportunity, but we've also got so much to do. Um, and I point 
I'll point that back to our our students who are going to be carrying those torches at some point. You know how how are they going to be able to ensure that that those other major jumps are made? Because I think we have gotten to a point where critical mass might be present, but how do we get past that even to another stage? Uh, I think I saw the stat of uh, coaches for women's sport before Title IX, so in nineteen seventies. I think 90% of women's college sports were coached by women. Now in the 2000s, it's like 50% are coached by women. So we're seeing men take advantage of these opportunities to coach women's sport. Um, So that's a little bit of a a barrier now uh, from a professional side. And I think Professor Bosley would agree that whenever we need stuff done, as professors, over and over and over, it's women who are getting it done in the sport management setting. They might not translate to them getting opportunities in the career setting yet, but I'm eager to see whether or not that's going to be the case 20 years from now, because I think it's just an evolution and we're just taking steps. It's just that right now, if you want something done, we both probably have a list of 10 women that we can call right now and they're going to get it done. But sometimes the men only rely on their knowledge. And because they watched a sport or played a sport, that does not qualify them to work in the sport. <laughs> uh, man, I preach that in class over and over and over. And uh, I, I just think that that's going to be a shift, the next shift that we see, where it does translate into the work setting, where somebody like you, Ashley, is working uh, in a major, in a major uh, setting. Uh, with major responsibilities and then advancing to that next level to where Colleen Sorum is at, um, for example. I love that. I mean, like That's a dream, right? Is to just have, you know, it's, I don't want, I, mm, I, I love seeing headlines that are like, you know, the first female to be in this position. Like, that's great, but I don't even want it to be a headline. Like, I don't want that to be newsworthy is that, you know, females are getting these opportunities that have been around for decades. So I think as much as you you brought up the the valid points, and I know we've talked about it in years past, um, just about go-to's, as far as our students tend to be more females, but then I think there's still obstacles that they are um, facing once they're working in the industry that male students might not be experiencing. Um, you know, and that, that's a whole other conversation though too. We'll probably spend an entire day chatting about those obstacles and why they exist. Probably create a podcast on that. Not, not uh Bosley telling me, oh, you could write a book about it. And I'm like, no, thank you. I'm good on that. Um, yeah, she's right. I mean, she's right though, too. I, I think sometimes you uh, sometimes I do. I have to sit in this chair that I'm in and really think about okay. Mm-hmm. It's just it's just what's gonna happen right now. Um and sometimes you you can turn around. And I really wish, you know, I'm in a position where I can't just turn around anymore and say something. 
because it's not just me saying it to a person. Um, so you got to really, you got to really think about it. Um, and it's a, it's definitely a mental game and you got to be, you know, you, you got to let that professionalism take over a little more than that angry, like female <laughs> inside of you, I think. But I, I mean, I, it's awesome to even see it in my, the office I work in. We have more females in the office than we ever have before. Um, and so that it's, it's great. There's three males. The rest of them are male are females. And my boss will joke, there's too much, there's too much emotions and things <laughs> in this office. Um, but I think it's, it's cool to see. Um, it's cool to see that transition, um, just with my office. Out of, out of curiosity, the three males that are in your office, are they all in leadership positions? One is, um, one is the runs the office and then the other two are development officers. Okay. The other thing that I would wave a caution flag is that that's a, that's a department too, where fundraising is a very delicate piece. Mm -hmm. uh, there's a emotional side to it. Uh, there's a uh, emotional connectivity to it. Um, whereas something like facility management mm -hmm. is less emotional, more operational, more physical. And we see those departments are typically significantly male dominant mm -hmm. in terms of makeup and, and who's employed in that. Now, is that because of one gender or, or, you know, women are not attracted to going and setting up the court for basketball. Um, maybe, but I think that's where there's major advances in having more women in a department, regardless of what the department is uh, in terms of equality and reaching that level. But uh, in terms of the job and the what's actually taking place, that's also sort of in line with these historical stereotypes and stigmas attached to the gender too. So there's always improvement. And so I think with a celebration like that, we should always also look at other departments. Let's see where we can oh. make major strides as well. We're going to change the world. I, I really, I, I, we've done that for a year or so now in this podcast. So <laughs> it's no surprise that that's happening right now uh, on this. There's, there's no topic that we don't touch on when we talk. So these are my favorite when I, we can just like sit here, the three of us. And I think just the age difference between all of us and where we are professionally. Um, I think it's great. Um, but we're going to end there um, and then we're going to move forward with it. Um, Pate, you are going to be missed. Your knowledge will be missed. Your charisma will be missed. You will be missed. Um, but Bosley, I believe you'll do a great job. Um, and the banter that me and you will have <laughs> maybe a little more different than what me and Pate have, but I think it's going to be great. You know, I, I like just the, almost like a hot topics chat. So I think we bring uh, Dr. Pate back, uh, you know, every so often. And let's just talk about what's happening in the industry and just have at it. I think we did. Yeah. I think we did. I'm cool with that. Right. I'm cool First with that. First time on the podcast and I'm making decisions already. Thank you. I, hey, welcome. You're, you fit right in. <laughs> All right. You guys have a great weekend. Enjoy it. We did it.
thank you all. All right. Rock on. Thank you guys for doing this. Thank you all for letting me be a part of it. And uh, I know the torch is going to be uh, passed and it's, uh, it's, it's going really well. So super proud. <laughs>